Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Nathan George here, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Yes. How is it going out there in the world? I hope all is well. They they can't really respond. I know, isn't yeah. that? But you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you're there. Yes. Yeah. It's like no, you're listening. Uh, one of my favorite. I mean, I'm just full disclosure. I'm a I'm a bleeding heart liberal, so I listen to like Pod Save America, and you know yeah, they yeah. they they do speak to people as if they are there. You know, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, so I've been on several podcasts and. You yeah. kind of are doing sort of your own podcast. Well, right yeah. Now. So we do this. Uh, so if just to kind of let listeners know, uh, myself and Kristen Foster started a video podcast, maybe a punditry news show, but more for local discussion. And it's called The Sass and the Beard, mostly because she's sassy and I have you a beard. Have a beard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but. You know, there was there are a lot of controversial issues going on in our community, Man. and we wanted an outlet to be able to like, here's this information about this controversial thing, because uh, we didn't really feel like there was such an outlet. Yeah, you know? and we, uh, you know, I never thought, uh, I don't know, you just things happen in your community. You see people go on like viral videos mm-hmm. for this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like there's these uh, kids from high school that were on this viral video yeah. of like them trying to dial the telephone. <laughs> those were those kids from Clarksville, by the you know, like they had yeah. never seen yeah, the, 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 the dial. Phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, we are making Russellville, Arkansas is making national headlines mm-hmm. and state news left and right. Yes. It, we have kind of become and not a, for a lot of good things. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the frustrating part. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm not going to get into like I kind of said ahead of time any of our issues. But I own a business here in town, and it's like um, I was just talking with somebody uh, like before, earlier uh, yeah. in relation to some business we got going on. I mentioned to you, and uh, you know, it's just like you can't say certain things. Like I feel like uh, I also feel like and. We're, we're in this, like, we have that neo-Nazi controversy surrounding yes. it, so everybody's talking yeah. about freedom of speech with that, but it's like, from my perspective, I'm like, man, I can't even, out of fear of not getting, I can't say I'm pro-casino dispensary, yeah. can't say I'm pro-Airbnb, yeah. all this stuff out of fear that's like, because you know we've been trying to build this building and so on, yeah. which hopefully that's come to a nice smooth yes. uh, transition there um and we're we're pumped about that i'll tell you a little bit about that after the podcast cool. but um because we've moved like two steps ahead of where I oh yeah, yeah that's awesome so um well and it's what's funny is so like the next episode of uh sass and the beard we're going to talk about spot zoning and like the i wanted to talk just about zoning i mean yeah. you so you mm-hmm. served on the city council yeah. here in here locally mm-hmm. like um what was that like so <clears throat> You know, for me, originally, like, when I was elected, or when I decided, so it was a bunch of, me and a bunch of my friends would sit outside around a fire, you know, have a few beers, and just talk about politics, and talk about the world at large, and then those kind of conversations gradually get locked into, well, what about our community, you know, and as those kind of conversations go, you start talking about, well, what's wrong with this part of the community or this aspect of the community and you become, you know, full of this energy to do something. And so that's, I mean, I basically said, well, somebody needs to run for office. And they were like, well, you just volunteered. <laughs> Man, I, I've had people just like with raising awareness, like mm-hmm. it, 
it's such a weird situation because, I mean, some of the people I've talked to have that similar story of, like, I came to the city council or whatever because yeah. I was getting screwed over yes. by the government. Yeah. So it's like some people have that backstory, but at the same time, um, I was like, I told my, I was teaching a summer class in Civ 1 right now in the mornings. Yeah. And I told them, like, my philosophy professor would always, we did a philosophy, we're doing Greece, so yeah. we did a philosophy lecture today. Yeah. And he would always um, <clears throat> sort of say, like, the philosopher the sage archetype, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. is never the person that wants to do it. No. And I fear people that get in. Because, like, man, like, when we were sitting at that meeting the other day, it's like, do any of you other than me have a background in political science? Mm-hmm. No. no. You know, so, and yeah. we're, okay, so where's the advisory board yeah. of the political, or the political scientist at Tech helping you, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Hausnick and others? Because... Man, it's just uh, the, I know transparency has been a buzzword, mm-hmm. like in mm-hmm. the community, and you know the the thing. And I'm gonna say this pretty much anytime somebody puts a microphone in my face, uh, it's gotten like that. The only problem that, like the the city hall has tons of problems and will continue to have tons of problems because it's got people. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I man, me being in the people business. Mm-hmm. I get that. But the number one problem that City Hall in Russellville, Arkansas has had for the last 10 years is they don't have anybody in charge of the message. They don't have a PR department that says, oh, wait, we're about to do this thing that might be controversial. Let's get in front of it and start talking about the benefits of it before we even have any kind of vote or we even have any kind of... But no, they just, they either A, want to try to run it through as fast as possible under the table so nobody gets heated, or they go through this six-month-long, year-long battle to have this discussion with random, everyday people that don't have a clue about what's going on, but they heard from their neighbor who heard from their neighbor. And and zoning's a lot that way, yeah. you know? And so that that's what, with, with Sass and the Beer, that's kind of what we were going to talk about was... Zoning, and when I got on the council, for me, like those were the issues that I was passionate about. Like, here's this small business, here's this large business. Why do we give this large business so much uh, grace and credit and freedom and ability, and we don't give anywhere? Like, so what the way the system is made the big business rarely ever has to go through the institution. each individual process, step yeah. of the process. But if you're just random John Q small business owner, you have to go through every ridiculous step. And I'm okay with every ridiculous step being there. I got I as got long to be yes, to yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I got to be okay with like because man on the front end our our disagreement was like, wait a second. These architectural designs are fifteen thousand dollars, and then this engineering, and this engineering firm that you referred me to used to work for the city, and this architectural firm you referred me to does all of the city work. Okay, um, yeah, I'm just gonna get overpaying them. <laughs> I paid them, and then it's like, man, like just things that you can't see. Like I get how the construction companies are involved in this so much mm-hmm. more now because first I was like, wait a second, you want to charge me? when I already have all the subcontracting lined out, so you like, like, so I was getting these numbers that were discrepancies and like the overall, but it's like, now I kind of get it. 
you're going to do, like, I get that you were going to deal with all that for me. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, uh, like with Arkansas Tech, third mm-hmm. biggest university in the state, if I'm not mistaken, I'm an alumni from there. They're, 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 the city of Rustyville is using tax money, as I see it, to carry out the agenda of that institution. Think about the Glenwood Street, like the last conversation I had. And maybe I'm not correct on that, but it's like, the, you know, they're, they're funneling roads and entrances and roundabout and tech curb and all this stuff to tech because tech initiated this rezoning, so they're kind of helping them carry that out. And my thing was, like, on the last uh, – when I talked to Mary the other day, it's like, okay, our street here is a part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's right there. Yeah. But you didn't put any of the funds into, into our street, and we're the small business, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, why help the institution carry out theirs? Yeah. But not – I mean, I know it has to stop somewhere, but we are kind of like that corner. It's like there's no other development yeah. past Massey Glass. So it's right. kind of like – it's not like – it's really just one street. So in my so here's what my my w- Arkansas Tech is probably not only the third largest institution in the state, but it's also the second largest employer in our city. Yes. So like, and it's not just a regular everyday hourly wage employer. It's you know most of the employers that are salaried and they may have good benefits. They have all. Yeah. So like this is a place where we want to continue to see grow, to continue to see have success in our community because agreed, it brings agreed. in a couple hundred million dollars worth of not tax revenue, but but overall ideas, financial even. benefit to our community. Uh, and that's an annual thing. So, like, we can afford, as the city of Russellville, to work with them to take some of their ideas and thoughts and processes. But I, but at at hurting other businesses, I don't like, why can't we all work together? You know what? Why was there not a notification from the beginning of that process to say, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how much these things would cost if you did them on your own. And we're going to be doing it already. Like you didn't find out until you were, Six months into the no process, idea. that like you could on the give some money, you know, uh, yeah, the and and it would. But if somebody came to you and said, "Hey, you may not be thinking about doing this right now, but we're gonna start doing this whole thing," yeah, and instead of you having to front fifteen, twenty grand to have X Y Z in your streetscape and your, you know, uh, sidewalk, how about in the next three years you pay us five grand? Like uh, uh, here's here's an amortization schedule. It's how much it would cost, you know, per month, uh, and then we'll take care of that. Like I would say that most of the businesses that are in that area would have been like, yeah, I can do that, you know, for over three years. Like I'm still planning on being here for sure, you know. And, and if I knew, yes, and, mm-hmm. and if I knew that, like, because I think that they will it, the way it looks. They may end up doing yeah. that E Street anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it's they did a real slap ass job of reasphalting. I don't know if you <laughs> it, like you you like you step across the dirt road part that they didn't pave, and then you're on just like this ball and ass Glenwood <laughs> with like a dead end to nowhere pumping station. Um, but it's uh, it is super nice over there, and I'm just like man, what if my streets would have been that way? But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I get I get both sides of it too. Yeah. Like. <clears throat> Our frustration was that, 
until recently, we had no other viable options. So, like, our customer service, in my humble view, has been in the toilet for yeah. about 11, 12 months now because of spacing issues, parking. Um, I drove by your place. Like, I get off work at 6. That's So, peak, I drove usually. by through... I don't normally go home on Parkway, but for some reason I just went and I saw, and it was like people were parked all over. It gets real weird around yeah. five to six yeah. o'clock. And I was like, wow, no, that's, I can really see that there's a man. And sometimes <laughs> like there was the other morning, um, you know, Nick Oots with sign hub. Yes. So his, his wife's our yoga instructor and he does, he's like, I have like a few people like him that are like, it's hard for them to come to class. You're like me. Like mm. I just, I'm diversified, but like luckily like what I do is jujitsu. So like I have these executive types, yeah. I call them that, uh, do jujitsu with me, but, um, they've been, they do all of our signing, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. But mm. I don't remember what, I always do this. I was like, Hey, do you know this guy? Blah, blah. And I forget <laughs> what I was going to tell you about him. I don't know why. Something to do with parking and signs. And he, you were talking to him about, Something. I don't know, man. It happens to Joe Rogan, too, so I don't even feel bad <laughs> about it, you know. Man, I will say, though, like, I have a, like, I've noticed this. I've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. I have a broken rib right now. But, um, so, like, I've been, I've been getting, like, real poor sleep. Mm-hmm. And every time, like, I've done a lot of things in my life that could potentially make you have poor memory, memory loss or whatever. Um, yeah. But it's always, like, I noticed this far into the game, I'm only 32, but... Anytime I don't get like super excellent sleep, or I, or I wake up multiple times a night, like my short term memory is crap. Yeah, I don't know why. So I have this. I don't know if it's a condition, but I get no more than five hours of sleep a night. And Napoleon only slept two hours. Yeah, a night, I mean, know? so to me, like the but but I immediately enter REM sleep. Like See, I don't him haul around yeah. about it. Like, Do you take I, melatonin or anything? No. Like, See, I just I started down, taking melatonin. I'm asleep. Yeah, That's it nice. takes me about. A minute and a half to lay down and go to sleep. Did you used to? Um, do you used to sleep more? No, I've always been that way. Just see, like, that's like, dude, I used to good light, man. I used to put in some hours. Oh yeah, no, my know, like, like, my wife can can fall asleep and wake up. She does those like you know middle of the day naps, I like right now because she's off work for the summer, uh, and we just had a baby. So you you sleep when yeah, the baby sleeps, yeah, yeah. you know. So, but I can't like when I if I take a nap. My body goes through the normal process of once you hit that hard yeah. level sleep, and so if I go to sleep for twenty minutes, I wake up and like all of this is just like raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I think that too. Um, they try to order a sleep study, and I just hadn't done it. But I think I might have some sleep apnea. That Maybe. might be the source of my yeah. um, issues. But I started taking melatonin, so like now I am getting like five or six. But like with this rib, mm-hmm. like it don't matter if the melatonin is working <laughs> or not, man. When I I'm like sitting on a heating pad right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. But when uh when I t- like go to turn over or something, I like I, I just toss and turn in my sleep quite a bit. Yeah. But how'd you how'd you break it? I'm assuming it was. You know, man, honestly, okay, so this it's this rib over here, right? That is the issue, and I injured it a long time ago, and it's like the third occurrence of re-injury. Ribs are. Have you ever injured a rib? No. But man, like my issue is on this side. Mm. Like it's like my like you've heard of people's uh, hips, like they call it an anterior pelvic tilt, I think, mm. and like it's where your hips get off. And I've dealt with that a little bit in my low back, but this is like directly right. I've like got this like, 
it's like poking out. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't done that. Like I've been feeling it like um like it was re injured or something, but I went and saw my chiropractor yesterday and he's like, dude, well, your ribs it's broken. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man. <clears throat> but I was rolling with this black belt, like, man, when I was a purple belt, so it's like over five years ago because I'm a black belt now in jujitsu. And he's really good. He's like this guy. His name's Brandon Quick. He owns this tournament. Like he's awesome to roll with. And man, I don't. Even, I remember the kind of scramble and position I was in, and then just like I kind of like moved, and it's a fluke deal. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was like laying on me, smashing right. me. It was like more of a twisting. Mm-hmm. Like I, everybody thinks that like, and I'm sure it has something to do with it. But they're like, oh, you're having to do more shoulder yourself. So. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I just turned and coughed. <laughs> And my back went out, yeah. you know, like this rib, like when it flared up, I was sitting in this chair texting one of my um, assistant instructors, a good friend of mine, Michael Astor, and uh, the other sign guy in my life. And I was like, man, I'll see you at the gym. We're going to film some YouTube videos. It's going to be great. Yeah. Just like stretch, like put my hands up over my head. But like I have a really good chiropractor. He's, he tuned me up. I'm going to see him again on um, Friday. So he's good too because if there's ever anything that's outside of his realm or like he sends me straight to the orthopedist, mm-hmm. which has only been a couple of times, yeah. fortunately. But man, I've been healthy. Like I just have some issues periodically. Like it's it's always something different. Like it was like I had an issue with my neck for a couple of years. Then it's like my low back. And then it's like these are the same issues that everybody has, I feel yeah. like. And it's more like, oh, I need, to th- I need to come up with better standing, sleeping, sitting habits. Mm-hmm. It has more to do with that for me. If I've always kind of, it's like, well, Ilya Gracie died and he's like a thousand years old, yeah. you know, in his bed. And it's like, he's, he's like got in three hour fights in the fifties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And had like 27 kids. Imagine how stressed out he was. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, no, I, th- I can definitely you, you know, imagine that. Yeah. My coach always says like, I don't see any martial artist in this orthopedic waiting room. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point, dude. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I see a bunch of people just like just like you wouldn't know their background or whatever, but it's uh it's just like the human condition. Like my doctor was like, Yeah, you're getting old. We we are getting old. Yeah, I mean I've I'm thirty eight and I've started to develop arthritis. In, yeah. And yeah. so like I was painting my son's room. How many kids do you have? Uh two. We okay, just, okay. just yeah. our second. He's three months, almost four months now. Um, but before, so like six months before he was born, we're doing all the prep work to get ready. And I was painting trim Mm. in the room and my thumb locked up holding onto the brush. Is that like rheumatoid when you get it in your thumb like that? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then my knees, cause I played football in high school and yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. was a terrible Where'd you, where did you go to high school Ola high oh, school they okay yeah. so that yeah yeah was that that would have been before the two rivers yes, and before the no uh, longer a school anymore now they are they've consolidated yeah you know, consolidation yeah, yeah mm-hmm, several years ago but yeah so i mean it's all from just not taking care of yourself as a 18 year old man and i did i learned some like real hard lessons mm-hmm. in martial arts because like like owning the school and being the coach, like the only time I get is like I have to go to my coaches. Like, yeah, you, you know, gotta I, go somewhere else. Yeah, I started off in a gym, but it came a certain point where it's like we're moving. Mm-hmm. I'm opening my own thing. If you want to take those off, you totally no, can. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Um, sweet hat by the way. <laughs> Thanks. But I learned some hard lessons just not knowing like proper methods. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like things that, like o- over time, you you realize like, oh, this is a way 
better way to do whatever it is. Right. And um, so now, now it's like I make fewer poor decisions for my body, but I'm still like I have a cumulative effect, right? right? Just like what you're saying, right? Yeah. And there's some things that you know, especially someone in your position, you have to do, like from when you're training someone else and teaching to just like picking up something heavy you yeah, know, to move yeah. it from one room to the next. Uh, and sometimes you don't have the proper straps or the proper help or the pro, you know, like, so Oh yeah. We're, we're going to be doing stuff like we're not, none of us are going to get out of this life alive. It's really, you know, how, how much contentment can you get out of it? You know, that's pretty yeah. much my, uh, mantra is, is, is this, something that will add or take away from my contentment. Yeah, I've started, it's weird. Um, I started looking at things way longer term, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so like, it was kind of weird. Once I hit 30, like that was the first time I really, I was like, okay, the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Like it'd been a series of successes, like five-year plans. And like, I'm thinking way longer term on all sort of decisions I make as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. owning a business or like my retirement. I mean, just like there's a lot of longer games yeah. I'm playing. And I didn't, yeah. You know, and it's stuff that's like uh, I showed this video the other day. Gary Vaynerchuk is like, um, any adults that are going around saying they have it figured out? No, like, I totally They're, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of feel the same way because like I, I hit that at like, thir- like 30 to now. I went back to a lot of my mentors and I was like, you guys didn't tell me it was going to be this way. Yeah, and it makes me so mad. Like why, <laughs> like, people get frustrated with our generation because they think that we're this entitled group or that we, you know, are trophy, you know, like whatever it is. Like, well, who gave us those trophies? Like who are the people that gave us everything we like? So if we are entitled, like there's a reason because someone didn't teach us, you know? So I, we, my wife and I do a lot of like young adult counseling, you know, and some people like teach them how to buy a car, teach them how to, like look for and to purchase a house like because apparently we need a course on how to build a building yeah or budget your daily finances that well yeah it was kind of interesting that's like uh because when we were going through the sba part they're like just this guy nathan george and i was like (laughs) i'm not talking to him (laughs) just like ironically you came up and it like because cody bike he was just like yeah Yeah. this guy he's involved with this man that's great that you do that yeah like now like this that civic duty in my opinion, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you don't, I don't think like you do that because you necessarily like, yeah, I'm sure it's, re- it's rewarding. It's rewarding yeah. that I run a nonprofit and some things like that and to get into philanthropic work. But it's like, it's not the most, that's not why you do it necessarily. Mm. No, it's I like, because I want to see people done. succeed yeah. in their life. And we, you know, to be able to do that, you should know that like, m- 60% of the decisions I make are guesses, you know, like, and I never know if they're going to work out until they do or don't. What I like about being an entrepreneur is that if they don't work out, I can change it really quick. I'm not yeah. working for some corporate firm that if I want to have a decision, if I make a bad decision, I've got to go to six different levels to be like, okay, this is not something we should be doing. And then you have to convince them. Otherwise it doesn't change. But like I can make this decision today because I'm an entrepreneur and it's not going to work out. 
and I know that, you know? Yeah. And it's I'm a not, unique lifestyle, yeah. man. Like, I never – and it, too, so, like, I started last year working at uh, UACCM as a history mm-hmm. professor. And I never thought that I, – I, it's kind of weird. So now I'm kind of, like, plugged into both, like, this kind of corporate institution, mm-hmm. state-ran business yeah. model that's yeah. satellite to the largest universe. It's interesting seeing that in comparison to, like – and it honestly, like, I look at it in a similar way. I'm like, okay, well, they don't care, care about morale. <laughs> and that, that affects me. So I should focus on morale in my business. Yes. You know, like yeah. things like that mm-hmm. of um, just little little things you get. You get a preview into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And it's like I have never, I've never really had a job. Yeah. I mean, I have like I worked at Walmart and stuff when I was in high school. But I started like at 23, I went back to college, got my master's degree, was building the gym the whole time, got out of college for like, three or four years and didn't didn't teach didn't didn't adjunct didn't do anything it was just like growing my business being a full-time entrepreneur core and i are both just full-time and then i got that so mm-hmm. it's like it looked like quite literally like my first uh yeah real gig but i guess you could what's say what's nice about it is that there's a regular paycheck yes yeah. oh yeah <laughs> like and it's kind of like a it, what's what's nice about that is like that's literally it's almost it, it just it's bonus yeah because we were making it before that, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So it, it is not. It, it it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. It, it pushes us into a place where like we have less fear and anxiety. Yeah. Like I remember the first time I tell a story to people, they're like on the grind or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the first time, like I realized that I wasn't like poor as fuck. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like yeah. when I was like, man, okay. Great. I do. I started crying, man. Yeah. Just because, not because, like, I'm not, I don't even know how much money we have. Like, Cord handles all of that. Yeah. It's kind of great because I don't, yes. she's I'm great same, at it. I mean, same. I can access it, but, like, yeah. there's two types of people. There's people that want to look at the, the funds every day, and I'm just like, I just want to make the funds every yes. day. But, like, I just, like, when I had the realization that, like, because, uh, like, we paid all our bills, it was like a while back, and it was just like, hey, we have this much in the account, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that was like just the extra. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> oh wow like this is this is what like because i remember times like years earlier where it was like this was the goal mm-hmm. this is like i remember writing that number on a board yeah and being like this is how much i want to make a month because just like man just thought the daily things like like that that we worry about of like man what like i had to have a hernia repair uh like five years ago mm-hmm. out of nowhere yeah like and and luckily, I had health insurance, but it was before I worked at the university. Mm-hmm. I'm still out of pocket, like quite a bit, right. a couple of grand. It's like you never know when something like this can come up. You never know when your gym's going to flood or the roof's going to need replaced yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just like a big, like when you don't, when you haven't quote unquote made it, even even though I don't even think there's that. Right. Like that's not what I'm equating. It's just like that shift of perspective of like, man. Uh, goal has been achieved and it allows you to kind of like level up and start making those longer term mm-hmm. plans. That's how, what I've kind of experienced with it. My dad talks a lot about, because he's the one that started the business. So, uh, and when he started, it took him 10 years where he was just like, he paid a car payment and a house payment. That's yeah. it. Out of the money that he made from the business. Dude, we did that. And like, so everything went back in. Like my mom had another job 
you know, that she was working at, and that's where they had, and he, my dad had, so my dad had two jobs, my mom had a job, so three jobs were paying all the bills, but... You, you have siblings? Yeah, yeah. Quite a, quite a few, or just... Uh, so the, the business is named after my oldest brother, who passed away, and then I have a younger brother, so I'm the one in the middle, and, um, and... But I'm the only one that works there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So is that like so is that like your full time gig? Yes. Like basically, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of sense that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you a funny story. Like, because you reached out to me like in a comment on Facebook mm-hmm. when we were kind of dealing with the city stuff, and yeah. like, man, I should have hit you up at that point. I was just like, Corey and I just like had tried to make it right. without calling in favors and yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, and I didn't sort of think like a. a I really like. I don't. I don't know. Like, hey Nathan, will you do me this favor? Yeah. I need this favor, bro. Can you? Can you help me out? <laughs> like, dude, you were just like, like you had stood for nothing to gain, and you're just, you know. And that's the kind of that's why I'm saying like civic duty too. Like you're not even on the city council anymore, right? But but you were. But, there, but you're still you're still involved for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, because here to meet people, I get a different perspective on the way the city is working. You know. And I, because if I'm somebody that wants to do that again, which I do at some mm-hmm. level, you know, whether it's city, county, state, like I do want to be involved because I have this civic understanding and this desire to help my community. Like, so the game for me is, is learning. Like every decision is learning process, but also like it sucks. Like if I was in your situation, I would feel the same way. And what we don't understand about the good old boy system is that it is a system of favors. Like not a lot of empathy there. Yeah, and there's not. A, it's it's this person did something, so I kind of have to do this. I know. I that's like what you just mm-hmm. described is like, you know, um, what what is in the Godfather is like. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that setup yeah. is like you know, <laughs> one day and this day may never come. Yeah. I may ask you for a favor. <laughs> You know, like, but it's like, I don't want somebody to say that to me, you know, and I want it to be like now, like in this situation we have, I'm just more, more so going to be like a diehard supporter of most of the things you do, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And there, it wasn't like just big obligatory thing. It was like, in fact, it was like the opposite. Yeah. You know, so, which I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, me too. And And it frustrates me. I was talking, I have this really good friend who's. Like and I and like again and it doesn't matter to me what anybody's political spectrum is, but I'm on the left, and for some and I I don't say that because I feel like there's a stigma, like especially in our community about yeah, people who are liberal, you know, because we I'm a want liberal. to destroy the world, you know, or whatever we you know kill babies and all that other stuff, you know, and but. The truth is, it, for me, it is more of a how do I look about how money is being spent, you know, with a from a from a government perspective. And I was talking to one of my friends the other day about who's older, and he's not a liberal, you know, he's pretty moderate. But he, we were having this discussion about like why, um, you know, minimum wage or or uh, you know, like there's a corporate minimum wage as well, and and like smaller companies or the 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 real discussion we were having was is a corporation a person do they have the same morality do they have the same basic level of compassion well in my opinion they don't 
because they the corporation's law mm-hmm. is literally to exist to make profit for shareholders. Like that is it. And that's not a bad thing, but it's also not something that should just be allowed to exist without any form of rule, you know? Because then you get situations like where we were 20 years ago in the recession, you know, yeah. almost 20 years ago, where everybody everybody went bankrupt and lost homes and we spent trillions of dollars to bail out insurance companies that probably... Corporate socialism, yeah, as Brandon yeah, likes exactly. to say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm dude, yeah. I'm all over that narrative. It's mm-hmm. like, why... I'm so glad we don't get a ton of listens on a podcast. And if you're an enemy listening to me, you know what? I already won. But, like, why are we okay with... And I see, I'm just repeating his narrative, but why are we okay with corporate socialism? Yeah. With democratic socialism, you get out of here with that. <laughs> and, man, I think, like... So, like, I look at my dad's generation mm-hmm. and, like, just being a historian and... Being like, I got out of high school not knowing anything about the Vietnam War. Right. Conveniently, yeah. we don't like to deal with that, yeah. you know. But like, my dad is this uber conservative, and um, like, I don't, I don't really argue or talk politics with him. But like, I understand it because he was like coming of age in the Cold War, and like, and all of this stuff was going on, yeah. and he was a youth and a product of this very anxious. Like, it's mm-hmm. like. Man, and, like, his dad had lived through the Red Scare, the second Red Scare, you know what I'm saying? So it's, like, two generations of super post-World War II paranoid people. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I get that. I get, I, like, and I, I see it as, like, an understanding for a lot of paranoia right. about socialism because I understand. But, like, the other day, you know who Tim Kennedy is? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, he, he thinks that Hitler didn't, uh, like, the Russians didn't get him and all this stuff, and I'm not, like, getting into that, but I kind of think it, too. But, I mean... <laughs> But he does a show, like Finding Hitler or something. But he released this thing and was like, there's a, there's a domino theory mm-hmm. in that time period. It's like, we are in Vietnam, so the domino does not fall. Mm. And it's like, that is a made-up narrative. Like, right. like, we didn't stop. We didn't. And Tim Kennedy, who's career military and a USC fighter and doesn't believe that you know Hitler committed suicide or whatever, he made his status on July 4th and was like, you know, it was all patriotic. And he's like, we were in the jumble stopping the spread of communism in Southeast Asia. And I was like, dude, 1975, when the last helicopter left, um, that place is communist. You yeah. know, it's just like. Yeah, we didn't we do didn't, a good we, enough the, job. We, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. The domino theory is like, I don't even believe it was a thing. I think it was a political agenda. I think it was uh, also attached to like the post-McCarthy era. We're talking about that today because we're talking about um, Athenian democracy and Mm -hmm. sophistry and like relative truth. It's like I started off by writing two plus two equals five on the board and they're just like, you're an idiot, Brian. And I was like, fallacy of personal (laughs) attack. This is about to get weird. So. <laughs> so when I was a freshman in college, I started my college um, at the U of A. Okay, cool. And then I saw, but I'd never been, I went to Ola, you know, so I'd never been in a class larger than like 17 people. Wow. And so my intro to philosophy class. And then, so when I was in college, when I started, The Matrix came out. And yeah. so there was this really crazy, like, 
comparison to philosophy and then the film. And like I watched that film like six or seven times the first time I saw it because it, it just my mind was blown because of the principles I was learning, you know, Descartes and uh, Emmanuel Kant. Yes. Like just a bunch of crazy, like the, the evil scientist theory. And so like some of the formative years of my brain, you know, were the matrix and philosophy. What, uh, what you major in? Uh, all the things. Okay. Yeah. yeah right I, on. No, I changed my major six times. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But most of my, <clears throat> subjects like in 4,000 level <coughs> are econ finance. Yeah. Yeah. But does uh, that serve you in your, in, yeah, in especially your business, in the business Like my fa- one of my favorite classes was this class called intermediate microeconomic theory. So like sounds like a bunch of hooey, you know, sounds like physics. To yeah. Me. Like, yeah. Well, but for <laughs> me in that class, it was basically the psychology of why people buy what they buy. Okay. So that I can, that's a great topic. Owning a retail business. Like, that's a good thing to try good to mindset. figure out. Yeah, you know, what... And especially, like, we deal in jewelry, so, like... That's a niche business, right. man. I've thought about you over there several times. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how he does things? Does he sell things online? Like, what's he do? Like, do people walk in there? Do I need to go buy something? So, for, yeah. Like, you know, yes, I'm like... everyone who's listening should come in and buy something. Joshua's Fine Jewelry, 310 West Main, Russellville, Arkansas. There's your plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love it. Like, I like it when people have something to plug on yeah. the podcast. But, yeah, definitely. I mean... But, like, how does that work for I mean, like, if you don't mind, like, explain a little bit about that. So, like, just like anything uh, that's industry-specific, like, you have to know the industry. Like, you have to know what, when are the times. So, as you can imagine, our biggest time of the year is Christmas. Like, yeah. because when would somebody just come in to buy something that they didn't think about pre-buying? Yeah, it's going to be a special occasion. Yeah, so, like, you walk in... And you most of, we do forty to fifty percent of our business in the months of November and December. Wow! So yeah, this is a lot of dry times. But the rest of the time, we spend. So everybody gets there's a huge number of marriages that happen in June. Okay, yeah. And then if you think about the process of life, uh, you get engaged. Hopefully, a little time before that. So if you think that people want to be engaged at least a year, oh yeah, there's know. two rings by the way. Yeah, you yeah, get two. Yeah, and All so right. then so we sell a ton of engagement rings in the springtime because the animals are crazy. They get out and they start procreating, and the same thing happens with people. Like they start getting interested in each other again, you know. And so we sell a ton of engagement. Mainly like diamonds and wedding rings. So you have like, uh, like just like me, I have wholesale mm-hmm. people I do business with. Yes. You have the same thing for jewelry, I assume, mm-hmm. right? Or you and like, do, do I picture you in there just like? like yes, we do. That, we do that too. Yeah. Awesome. Now we take so we take the old style of doing things and the new style of doing things and meld them together because we have three D technology to draw up like fully customized pieces. What sort of software? Are you? you just have a program? It's a, yeah, it's an industry-specific program, but it uses some of the same programs that like the furniture industry or the architectural industries mm-hmm. or um, like the home design, you know, you see... So like a CAD or something yeah, like Yeah, it's, it's all CAD, but it has a base-level program, and then there's a jewelry-specific program on top of that, so... It's like Rhino plus something else, you know. Interesting. Mm. I w- yeah. Do you, um, 
That's a, that's very interesting. And there are several different ones. The one that we use most often is more like relatable to the customer. So I can sit with the customer for 30 minutes to an hour and draw up something for them to see mm-hmm. quickly. You know, whereas if I was going to spend six hours working on it when the customer wasn't there, I would use something different. But for us, like the communication is what is. So you've got the design, which is more modern, and then the communication about the design. So they don't necessarily have to be in the shop. Like I can, I have an app on my phone where someone can text the jewelry store phone number, like mm-hmm. the regular you uh, know, oh, city hey, number. Hey, and I need that app. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Cora, Cora needs that app. She she handles all the scheduling. Yeah. But that that yeah yeah the little little life hacks like that. You know, I go to an. Um, I'm sure you do the same thing, um, like uh, industry trade shows. Yeah, we I've been to uh, this martial arts super show like six times, mm-hmm. and it's so good for just like little hacks like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because you have vendors and such that are there that are showing off their new stuff. The problem that we have uh, is so like my dad and I have different philosophies of like management style. You know, not like how we deal with our employees. Because we're very, like, you treat them well. Like, that's our management style with employees. But about, like, the future of business. So <clears throat> is having a lot of inventory going to be a good thing? Or is having yeah, I thought about that, very yeah. little inventory? Cust- you do more custom-, custom orders? Yeah. Yeah, so it depends on what we do. You know, at Christmas time, it's better to have more inventory. Because you want the walk-in customer to find mm-hmm. something, pick it out. But in the springtime, you want custom. Because you're going to make more money off of a custom piece hopefully you know because it's custom um and so they're already willing to expend more you know because they want it exactly the way they want it um so it just it's kind of those are the different generational yeah 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 yeah. that's kind of mean i could Imagine working for your dad. Yes, you know, yeah, like. which, yes, I did. I did when I was like eighteen, like, um, and it's it was wild. Yeah, like, and we have my dad and I have a great relationship. But, but ours is like are. now that now that I'm like a full grown up adult mm-hmm. with my own thing going, and he's got his own thing going. Like we get along better than ever. Yeah, um, you know. But uh, like I remember working with him, it was super because he was like the boss of the at the company of like the. Part of the kind, he was a general assembly manager for this mm-hmm. ma- major machine company. Uh, company. I worked for him, and I just had to do the most bullshit jobs <laughs> ever. And I was aware that they were bullshit jobs, yeah. you know. So yeah. I was just like, "Why am yeah. I the only one doing?" It? But yeah. it's like <clears throat> stereotypical, first entitled 10 years of my working life. Like it literally was just doing all of the BS jobs. That yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's um, man. Being a business owner is such a. F- I love it, mm-hmm. man. I, I uh, it's it's fascinating. Do you think that like your current setup at the at the store gives you like just like a lot of freedom to do other th- other things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to run for office, be a city council member, like any of that. So you ran for state rep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? That was uh, a trip, actually. Like, and I would really love to do it again at some point. Uh, the problem is, really, the time's not right now. You know, for this area for someone like me to get elected <laughs> um, yeah. because of the letter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if pe- most people walk in, they look at the R and they look at the D and they choose the one that they are. 
uh, and very rarely does someone cross over. And 70% of the people in this town vote with the R. Yeah. And I got almost 40% of the vote. So I had a significant number of people cross over that line to hit mm. that letter, but not enough to really put me over the Are you, edge. Were you just like kind of wanting to um, hit that state experience, bring it back to the local government? or No, I really felt like there were some things that I could uh, really help with the from what kind of the things that we were dealing with in the community to also across the whole state. Like, mm-hmm. for me, uh, clean energy was a big deal, like solar energy. How is Clarksville better than us? Yeah, well, I, I'll <laughs> tell you how. Because Clarksville manages their own utilities. Uh, yes, this kind of, I, I got in tune with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's yeah. an argument I've been seeing a lot yeah. with, in relation to this, uh, with that lighting project that they're spending, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the the... There was recently a state law passed that made that easier for because cities all across the state were having that issue. They were looking at Clarksville and being like, wow, they just saved five million dollars to on their 10 year budget to back to their customers on this electricity. Whereas we, you know, get people complaining about their water bill or whatever, you know. So if, if we could figure out a way for Citicorp to manage. I haven't had good. I haven't had good dealings yeah. with them. Yeah, I'll tell it's you. Been, it's been uh, real like crazy. when we did, when we did the construction on or the remodel mm-hmm. on our other space. I mean, it was literally like the only thing we didn't do was like put new trusses in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. everything else was a total like we stripped it down to the shell, mm-hmm. um, new siding and everything. But <clears throat> like Brian Holstein even said. Um, like with something like the city corp was requiring us to get this something new. It was like a meter or something. It's been like four years. I can't really remember, but it was just like, oh, they must need some more money over there. And I said, you know, this is two hundred fifty dollars extra. You know, there's no need in you having to pay it, but they said you have to do it, so you do. Yeah. And I was just like, and at the time, like four years ago, it's like, like um, I was talking with uh, Caleb Moore today. Uh, and he was just like, you're the most nervous person I've ever seen sign a real estate deal. I tell people about it all the time. You're so ner-. And I was just like, yeah, dude, I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. And I was nervous because of all of the construction we were about to undertake. And the city gouged about 30 grand on code enforcement mm-hmm. across the board because it's like, man, all we did was a remodel. Yeah. And like uh, I talked with, um, there's an electrician, uh, Darren Mooney. That comes in. He does a lot of work, man. And he was kind of filming. He's like, you see here in your designs, they want you to put in this $5,000 box. He's like, you need this $200 box. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. But, you know, they have required. So he's like, I'll handle this for you. Yeah. But it's just like, man. But if you don't know that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if if this one is exactly the same for at $200, and but you don't know. And the thing is, is like big developers they do that already. Like they have people that they pay mm-hmm. to do that. And, and, and as an entrepreneur, small business owner, you're not given the full realm of like help from, yeah, well, it just like, man, it, even buying, like see, it forces you into this situation where you almost have to buy. Mm-hmm. Like there is like, I, I was bringing that up at the meeting. Other day. It's like there, you, you've made it impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I come to you and say I have a quarter million dollar budget and 
all of my quotes come in at 210, yeah. and you're telling me I can't do it for yeah. even close to that. Yeah. What's the issue here, right? And, like, these unforeseen costs. I was like, yeah. here we are at phase four, and it's like, there's things in phase one, no idea they could have existed. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's, and I, I perceived it as the smart thing to do to, and was ha- getting advice. So it's like, I ran the subcontracting on the remodel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I knew new construction would be different. I knew the building permits would be different. I knew the designs would be different. I, I knew some of that yeah. and kind of just came to term with the terms on the front end. And, um, but man, some of the other stuff, I was just like, I can't, I couldn't even have foreseen this. Like, the, it, and so like, it just, I, I kind of even given people this analogy. It was kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, y'all have done pretty good for yourself. You, you're almost going to be allowed to be in the club, but not <laughs> not quite just yet. Maybe like five to ten more years you can be yeah. in the lower echelon yeah. of our club. Another half a million dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, hey, you, okay, you've been allowed access. Like, we've opened the door. You've mm-hmm. peered in the room. And, okay, would you come back and, and sit finish? out in the lobby for a little while? Yeah. yeah. And I like uh it that's interesting to me. And people like it came out, it's like, well, what do you think? Well, Fayetteville or Dallas or LA. And I was like, dude, I don't agree with it there either. Yeah, it's like it's if people I mean, and man, I get it's like nobody just wants and and, and too at the same time I get and don't get so but like nobody wants just like a bunch of metal buildings around that are dilapidated. Like, man, when I drive by there's like a few structures in like Atkins on the side of the interstate. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like oh. Yeah man, I don't like looking at that. No. And But it's like I'm going into that project feeling that way about my own lot. Right. You know, went above and beyond on our remodel, put more siding on than we had to. Um, we didn't even have to put siding on, and we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we were really trying to go in. Dude, the, y'all's property looks nice. Man, it like, does. And we... We would like to stay there yeah. uh, if we could build, but I think that um, without going into... Anything further, I think we've got a way better solution. Cool. And if they would have presented, like I was kind of messaging about it, um, if we would have had any clue uh, that this, you know, time is everything. Yeah. And this is the only option. I'd like there's like a week apart, actually, this other option I, was m- I mentioned to you, and then this gymnastics place will close down. Mm-hmm. And both of these places are set up. Yeah. They're moving ready. Yeah. They had a similar niche business in there. And um, so, like, we're, you know, we may have uh, some movement on ours. It may be, we we actually signed paperwork to list it today. Cool. So, contingent on the sale of ours. Yeah. Which, there's a potential buyer. Sweet. We have that done. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, you know, who knows. Yeah. Well, we, it's, it's contingent. It, like, the next, it was like not a 90-day period that we're in as of today. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, well, dude, I always wanted to talk to you about this because I actually first knew uh, your name because you were uh, you were in a band. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I and I actually yeah. have seen I actually saw you YouTube play a couple of times. Yeah. And there's all that's out there. Mart's Transportation. <laughs> Did you play a show there one time? At Bart's Transportation. Mart's in uh, uh, Knoxville. Oh yeah. 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 yeah that that like trucking yeah. place. Yeah. 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 I sold that guy's Orange Avalanche in 2007. I worked at Johnson Chevrolet. So that was business. our practice facility yeah we i'm if i remember correctly that warehouse we there was office room and they let us use that to practice inside in the air conditioning yeah and i need to i need to like 
uh, if we end up going with this building, there's so many rooms in it, and uh, we just need to like, hey, yeah, we're just going to be a band patron. <laughs> Get, I, have a, I have a music room set up in my house, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we knew, uh, so like I saw you guys, like when I was a kid, uh, Natel mm-hmm. and what was his name? There was this other guy Natel was in a band with. And they played at this thing at my church. It was when they were called First Place. Though. First Place, yeah. I can't remember. Lines. Oh. What, uh, his name. Who, who are you thinking uh, about? Well, Matt Elliott, who's one of the worship leaders at New Life. This guy, right this guy, I think he was in a band with somebody. His last name was Lines. It was like, man, it, I'm talking like, dude, I was like yeah. 13 years old or yeah. something. Yeah, no, and that's, that's how yeah, I first, first knew Natel. And yeah. um, then I just kind of like, because I knew Natel, and then... I was there at that March show mm-hmm. um, watching my buddy John's band, uh, Tyler Hickman, okay. affect us. Yeah. So John's been on the podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. I've known John forever, dude, mm-hmm. since we were in high school. He's a little older than me. But that's kind of – and then Stephen Caden. Dude, yes. he was my – we grew up across the street from yeah. each other. Um, and then, like, as we got to be teenagers stuff, we just started being – being friends and stuff yeah. we were ironically both homeschooled yeah. but we weren't really friends when we were homeschooled yeah and dude we jammed together a lot Stephen so. just got done with his degree yeah in, i saw that yeah, man like in, is it mechanical engineering yes yeah, like? yeah, they built a car yeah yeah, could, yeah 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 I've, I've been following him um steven's a great guy yeah so um and he spoke very highly of you, just like cool. so. Like I, he's one of the only people I like knew that knew you that mentioned you, because mm-hmm. I was kind of like, "Hey, dude, why'd you leave the band?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, let me tell you about that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, dude, yep. loyalty, yep. I like it." <laughs> but um, what were you always kind of into music? Just tell what, what's the whole story, so your background with that. My this, it's, there's a long story. Um, I grew up Church of Christ. My family is Church of Christ. Did they have instruments? They do not have instruments in their church. So that's why you got into singing, right? That's why I became this... Yeah, so I could sing as a baby almost, my mom would say, you know, like since before I could talk. I don't know that I believe that, but she's my mom. I'm not going to argue with her. Um, (laughs) And then... So but mostly it was just singing. But outside of church... My dad played the guitar. My, you know, f- other family members all played, like, you know, other instruments. Uh, my dad was in a band when he was younger uh, with my mom, both. They, you know, did music all over when we were young. And so, like, I remember going to people's houses and listening to them play, you know, music. Uh, but not until I was an adult did I ever get into a band. Uh, mostly because I just wanted to see. I'm the kind of person that, like, you can tell me about something all day long, but until I really experience it, I don't know how much I'm going to glean from the description because I need to kind of feel it, you know, that experience. And that's what it was for me. I mean, that's pretty much every situation in my life has been, okay, somebody told me about this, but I don't know, like, what they really meant. Like, I want to feel it, so I'm Mm going to do it. And... That's what being in a band was. And I loved the music, like the style of music. I already listened to that kind of, you know, I grew up on Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and like, you know, like the real emotive grunge rock and roll. Um, So, and this was like a newer model of that with digital, you know, sounds and everything as well. Like I thought it was a great meld of kind of everything I liked about music. Um, and I knew the drummer, 
because uh, I went to high school. Dylan was his name, Dylan Tippin. Okay, okay, yeah. And uh, did you play at all with um, Hillis? Was he in the band at all when some, you were in the band? A little, yeah. Because yeah, he, he, uh, my doctor, they're married. Good doctor Hillis, yeah. He got, yeah, yeah. I, I just like I've, I've known him in passing. I mm-hmm. saw him on campus a while back mm-hmm. at USCCM, and he was like. Hey man, I know you. And like, apparently, their kid's name is like named after um, John Bonham. Yeah. And okay. stuff. So I was like, but I was like, yeah, dude, your wife's my doctor, bro. <laughs> like, I've seen you play in this band before. Yeah. So, but I, I remember seeing him one time. I, I saw, um, I, I don't know if it was Dark from Day One then or, or if it was a evolution from, of the band. I guess they're still together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. were like, they had a singer that was like, um, they, they quit. And so they were having auditions, and I auditioned. The drummer told me, Dylan told me about the auditions, and a couple weeks later they were like, hey, we want you to do it. And then we just traveled. Like, we just, it was literally like I had like a prep show, and then we played at Edge Fest in front of 25, yeah. 30,000 people, and then we went on the road. Who'd you open for? Uh, it, there were several, but like, uh, it was on one of the stages, so there were two stages. There was oh, the yeah. main, that year. There was like the main big stage, and then the, so they would go back and forth. And we were probably the second band that performed. And then it was um, why? But that was the year that Corey Taylor, yeah, and yeah. Uh, with Stone Sour, and then Three Days Grace were there. And then the next year, it was like. Uh, I don't remember who they hit, like Rob Zombie and somebody. Yeah, like I, re- I remember like you guys, yeah. I, I was I was under the pressure you guys opened some pretty big acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to hang out with, you know, the guys from Theory of a Dead Man, the people from Seether, like just, if you know the mid to late 2000s rock bands, like they're pretty much any of them, you know, Skillet, yeah. uh, P- like P.O.D., um, Seven Dust, Theory of a Dead Man, Stone yeah, yeah, like yeah. Corey Taylor's five feet tall, like he's tiny, like yeah, and I mean, so like you see him in like especially like Slipknot, you know, like you see him in this get up and you can't really see how big they are, but when you get right, like, did right you see him? Him. Didn't he like kick somebody's phone out of their hand or something the other day? He did something <laughs> I don't know. where I he just like got super aggressive like with wow. somebody on the front because he was super was like, chill when we met him. Like he woke up at like four o'clock in the afternoon. What do, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, okay, so that's become a very controversial topic, okay? Mm-hmm. So, like, there uh, people getting carted out of a, a, a perfect circle show at Red Rocks for for filming. Oh, yeah. Um, their, uh, Tom Morello was, like, jamming on stage with all these people, just, yeah. like, it's like a rage song with um, with that band he's playing with. It's like the Prophets of Rage. Gotcha. And, like, somebody was trying to take a selfie, and he, like, grabbed their phone and threw it and just, like, went back to playing. But this is, like, a general consensus uh, I'm, I'm feeling, like, Jack White, no electronics allowed in the show. Wow. And I, I, I'm kind of... And then, too, I've seen Widespread Panic about 19 times, if you can't tell. This room is like Widespread yeah, Panic yeah. artwork for the most part. <laughs> okay. Uh, but people, there's a consensus, too, like peop, other fans are talking shit about people. who are like, oh, you're on your phone now, show. I see that. Like, But if you think about especially the generation after us, everything they've ever experienced has been through their phone. Agreed. So that's why I kind of, you know, I maybe, you know, 40 years from now when the apocalypse happens and we have no phones, you know, 
But, I mean, that's not now. You yeah. know, it's not like that. And we can't predict that that's going to happen, uh, no matter how many preppers there are out there. Like, because it may not happen. You know, it may be that we go into another level of VR technology or, like, you know, you get the glasses that have the augmented reality that you see all the statistics of everything as you're walking. Like, imagine watching Sports Center or, or a football game on television, but being there live and having all yeah. of those graphics and statistics and everything that pop up live on television, but while you're there at the theater because you wear these glasses. Imagine being in a rock show and that happening. Well, I mean, know? like, so, like, now, like, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of it. I'll be at a panic show, and they have this website, mm-hmm. like, panicstream.com. Man, widespread panic has a catalog of over 600 songs. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I've never heard this one before. Yeah. Like, I literally keep up. the set list, mm-hmm. like, going. I'm like when I saw Dave Matthews. Yeah. Like, I'm not the hugest Dave Matthews right. fan. I knew, like, half a dozen of the songs. But, yeah. like, I want to know what they were playing. Yeah. You know? And I don't know why I wanted to know that. I just did. Yeah. I wanted to follow the set list on my phone. Yeah. And I'm like. People judging you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, too, so, I like, also, like, some bands play the same set list every night. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, did they play the same? Did they, play, mm. did they open this, with this? Yeah. Like, are they going to play Ants Marching? That's really what I came here to see. Right. You know, or yeah. whatever it is. Or what, so. and most of, like, what happens a lot of times is they'll play, you know, 12 or 14 of the same songs and then they'll throw in one new that they've yeah. got coming out on their next album, but you can't buy it anywhere, you know? And maybe that's part of it. But I had literally heard Corey Taylor say from stage, and this was back when, like, Everybody remembers what LimeWire was, you know, or computer, Napster. Man. There's some great memes or, out about you know, stuff. like, but he said from stage, I don't care how you get my music. I just want you to have it. Like, so he wasn't about like a lot of the artists that were like anti-digital. Look which, at Tool just now going digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Smart the only reason move. you can get the Beatles digitally is because... Paul bought it back and said that's how he got the money to buy it from the Jackson, yes. in, by, from Michael oh, Jackson man. in the first place. How you know? crazy was that? <clears throat> because he said he would put it on digital. So the people that loaned him the money to be able to purchase it, like, knew that they would get pay if he put it on digital. Like, that's how it worked. Like, but when Michael Jackson owned it, it was never going to go digital. And, but now we have all this, this whole other avenue for people that, had never heard the Beatles because it wasn't digitally available. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I remember when because um, we've always had Spotify and still use Spotify for the gym. Mm-hmm. We had the Sonos set up, but I, I like to remember when Zeppelin wasn't on Spotify. Yeah, and I was just well, like, oh. yeah. And I mean, like yeah. Tool not being on there is a <laughs> yeah. major hit. Yeah. Like I've been, yeah. But they had apparently they're they are on. Like they released their demo on YouTube the other day, the seven two. It's like it looks like a zip code or something. Yeah, well, it's because like for them for Tool, everything is math. Like yeah. music and math are the same. So if you listen to their music, like every every seven measures, like it changes, and every like that's probably what it is. Like seven two, whatever. I don't remember the number, but yeah, if you listen to it, every seven measures something happens. Like it changes, they add something. Yeah, and then every two measures, they I've seen people that. break down the yeah. math behind yeah. the songs yeah. and stuff. It's I, crazy, man. Uh, so, like, check this out. A buddy of mine has been on this podcast. It's a jujitsu guy. Knows Maynard. Yeah, had lunch with him. Sweet. And I was just like, uh, we went and saw a Perfect Circle in Dallas at, mm-hmm. at this music festival. And he's like, dude, I'm gonna see if I can get you to a private listen with him. I was like, uh, yeah. 
<sighs> Dude, how does one act in front of Maynard, you know? You know, here's how somebody... So, like, I've been asked that question quite a bit because I've you do that, just like we're doing right now. famous people, like, and you act the same way you would act. Like, because not like... There's obviously something... They expect a little bit of just, like, you know, yes, you're a famous person, and yes, I'm a fan. Like, they expect a little bit of that. But if you really want to have a great interaction with them, yeah. you'll be yourself. You know? For sure. Yeah. For especially, like, because yeah. it's the common thing that, like, he does jiu-jitsu. He's a purple belt under Hicks and Gracie. Um, my dogs are named Hickson and oh, Gracie. Cool. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> I don't know as much about this. Yeah, like, well, it's yeah. like Hickson is this famous jiu-jitsu personality, okay. right? Um, he is, like, most of the high-level black belts and coral belts, which is, like, this intermediary between black and red, are, like, that dude. He's the one. Okay. Like, he's like the Neo of jiu-jitsu. Oh. He's older. He's jacked up. His son's fighting in the UFC right now and um, is undefeated. But uh, Hickson is just like this super high-level martial artist. And so it's like... To, 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 like he's like the Maynard of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, Maynard's yeah. like, I would only do jiu-jitsu yeah, with yeah. him yeah. or somebody that does jiu-jitsu with him. So, like, I, through my buddy Jack, have had a lot of inroads and, like, glimpses into the Hickson system and mm-hmm. style. He does privates with Hickson at his house. Wow. They, like, um, ironically, Cora and I, like, two years ago, we're in Vegas at a trade show. Mm-hmm. Hickson's teaching a seminar. First, like, one of the first seminars he's taught in a while. 200 people there, we were able to get in, and he got promoted to Red Belt at the event. And, like, out of the 200 people in the room, like, when they, they walked in promoted, he didn't know it was happening. His family promoted him. Um, he's like, you, come help me do this move, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they walk in, promote him while he's drilling with me. So, like, I'm the guy in the video that he's working with. Oh, that's awesome. When he yeah. gets promoted. But he's just this super high-level martial artist, and, like, a lot of your, uh, even, like, celebrity-type people, like the the co-star from Hawaii Five O and and Khan too, Scott Khan. They everybody it's like a flavor of jujitsu, man. It's like you want you want to taste that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody like because there's like jujitsu is just like music in a way because there's like these real sport oriented people. Mm-hmm. And I actually like I've competed in jujitsu countless times. Uh, for years I competed and. Now, after having done all that, I come down, like, way hard on, like, the, you don't want me to teach my student this move because of your rule. Mm. You know, I'm, like, in, like, like 90% of my students are coming to me for self-defense and Mm -hmm. or fitness, and then, like, 10% are coming to me for sport competition. So it's just a weird, weird predicament. It's, like, about, like, so, like, we have this approach, and it gets gets kind of talked down on, like, like, you're teaching moves that are illegal. (laughs) <laughs> like what are you doing is that what i've been seeing on your face oh yeah choking? like i comment about it all the time because like man different academies mm. are pro are propagating um just like oh you know we don't do leg logs at all too dangerous like i was teaching a judo seminar at a um because i have a judo bible too and i was teaching at uh the spentonville gym they're like i mean this gym their mat space is bigger than my current building wow you know, yeah. and they're like, man, these takedowns is sweet. Uh, you know, we don't have room to do takedowns here. And I was just like, dude, we're doing takedowns like every day. At my gym. Yeah. <laughs> like we have like yeah. two smaller mat spaces. Uh-huh. I, I didn't say that, but it's just like people get weird. Um, 
misconceptions and perceptions about like like what I was saying about training methodologies. Mm-hmm. Like I used to, I'd just be like, oh yeah, so you can just spar real hard. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> You know, and then it's like, then you start learning about CTE and mm-hmm. brain damage. You're like, well, let's scale that back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We got to wear, let's wear one of the helmets. And, yeah, yeah. Man. I mean, it's it just like you reevaluate things you learn. I think that's. So I took uh, Taekwondo in the 90s. As, nice. As nice. a child. Yeah. Like from first grade, because I was a chubby kid that could definitely get his ass kicked. Like, and, but I was also like mischievous. So, like, definitely needed some direction. Uh, and then the first desert, so I so three weeks before I was going to take the black belt in Taekwondo. Oh wow, dude! Like, you made it up there. So I was twelve, like so I don't remember much of it anymore. But three weeks before I was going to take the test for black belt, Desert Storm number one happened. Oh wow! And both of my instructors were like Navy SEALs, and like totally gone like they literally just left and closed down the shop and there was you know back then there wasn't really anything else here you know as far as like another place to go i bet you had a good lead leg sidekick i'm just gonna steer you i broke a lot of boards yeah yeah we 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 do board breaks for our striking program the flying sidekick was my favorite yeah i would just run up and as a 12 year old fat kid I could run and jump and take down some wood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is, it's weird how, like, breaking boards is kind of gratifying. Yeah, like we just feel... We like do it for our kickboxing program. Visualize it's like, an attack. Like, you see it, and you just, like, you, you imagine that you're following through the board, and you do. Yeah, it, I know. I remember the first time I broke a board. It was, like, right when I first started training martial arts. They were doing this thing at the fair, mm-hmm. and, like, they're like all these patrons uh, are coming by just breaking boards for free. Yeah. I remember I broke a board, and I was like, this is <laughs> awesome. And then it's like I wanted to hold the board yeah. so everybody else could yeah. feel that way. Yeah. I'm like, dude, break this Do board. It. Come Do train it. with yeah. us. Well, then, as so as I got older, like, I thought about trying it out again, and I went, I don't remember where it was, but there was a, just, like, a random they were giving out like you go to a restaurant yeah. and they give you this free thing and uh and they had the plastic board yeah yeah the, the rebreakable I, yeah I some and of those for kids like, in class this is cheap like this is basically just saying you didn't want to buy a bunch of balsam wood yeah and <laughs> yeah definitely there's something about like because we have some of those rebreakable boards but it's so like like we a they wear out so you gotta yeah. replace them but like so we can like if the kids have a testing coming up, mm-hmm. we're like, uh, hey, like we break this really hard. When if you can break this really hard, when we yeah. feel like you can, but it just like they can get rep, 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 yeah. rep, rep, rep. But I think the breakable, rebreakable is kind of bullshit. Well, it just wasn't as fun. It's you not, know what I mean? Like it's not. It's like, not. It was like you're gonna hit this and then. I want as like okay, this happened at a demo my coach was doing one time. You ever seen that movie, The Foot Fist Way? Mm. It's so good. It's got Danny McBride in it. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I think I've seen. Parts it's of it. super. They're they're demos and stuff. But like one time they were doing a demo. They said at Hot Springs, and they did like a board break, and it broke, and like part of the board flew off and like cut somebody's scalp. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So. So they didn't do breakable boards anymore, like real wood. I, yeah, I'm with this coach. I almost guarantee you they did. Well, he's wild. Like I he, saw this. This this was the most amazing thing for me. Like. As a child, like, there was a guy that was getting his sixth degree black belt. Like, this was his test. And all I remember from the test was that, like, they blindfolded him. And he had a left and right in the air board and one directly in front of him. 
and he broke all three of them simultaneously. Like, not one, two, three, but... What do you do, like a jump split kick with yes, a punch? Yeah. Yes, and I was just... And it was a six That's feet, great, man. Six feet in the air. Like, why like, would anybody talk shit about it? I'm not saying yeah. anybody does, but, like, in my... I grew up doing martial arts, like, in the MMA era. Yeah. So, it's like, I have a lot of reverence. Like, dude, last yesterday I was watching all this Dan Inasano stuff from the 90s, Bruce mm-hmm. Lee student, like, Filipino martial arts. Yeah. Chun. Like, stuff that, like, I was just, I was talking with uh, a friend the other day, and I was like, dude, this is martial arts master, been coming into the gym, he knows Aikido, he's his master, dude, he knows all this blade work, and, mm-hmm. and Kendo, and he's trained, he's from the Philippines, orthopedic surgeon, like, yeah. I'm just, like, going over this, and I'm like, he knows all this stuff I want to know, and don't know, but I'm studying, and he's like, oh, so all the fake shit. <laughs> Like, so, like, people that have only kind of came up watching yeah. the UFC yeah. are assholes. Like, yeah. like, dude, and I'm going to tell, like, if we were sitting here 10 years ago and you, like, brought up Taekwondo, I would have been like, yeah, this kid, what a nerd. Yeah. But, but now I'm just like, damn, their sidekicks are sick. Yeah. Well, and, like, you know, of, of course we don't need swords and shurikens anymore. You know, yeah, man, and, it's just it's it's like it's like with anything, man. It's like the closed mindedness part of it. I, I've been closed minded in martial arts. I've yeah. been closed minded in business. Yeah. I've been closed, and, and it's just like you throwing up the ball repeatedly, yeah. Yeah. and and you just like, oh, yeah. I remember, for example, there's the, you know the spinning heel kick, the wheel kick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody saying to me one time, like, and this is like ten years ago. That is a one in a million move. Yeah, like you'll never connect with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then like it's like, let me pull up these 20 UFC fights real quick. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like there's enough yeah. footnotes and enough digital history behind it now to where it's like we can – like what you're saying about calculating stats, mm-hmm. you know. It's just like imagine you're like yeah. – like, oh, oh, it's been wheel kick. Like, oh, this has been landed in mixed martial arts competitions 728 times in the last 10 years. Yeah. I love, um, I've been working on like a long-term stat project. I don't ever put in a lot of time on it, but I want to I calculate the finishes and the decision wins, losses, draws, and everything from every UFC fight. So, because then, like, is like just what I do. It's like, well, the number one finish in submissions, it's guillotine choke, guys. Yeah. Like, that's what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Is our number one submission. Yeah. Like, you're not good at the guillotine choke. Cool. Number two submissions, the blah, blah, blah. Right. So it, it, it's interesting because now we just have enough. Like, I have a UFC encyclopedia that covers 90, whatever, 93 to 2011. And it has all of the stats. Oh, wow. So, you know, I've been, like, working on a longer-term Excel project to try and uh, just extrapolate some data, man. I both love and hate Excel. Oh, dude, it's a it is a love. I mean, I have a I have an Excel document open right here. Like it's it's my it's and it's jujitsu related. But it, you go over to the university side. Like man, my digital my digital space is a mess. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many folders and documents. Yeah. And I don't. I have to have it like. Have you ever picked up your wife's phone and been like, why is everything organized this way? Yeah, yeah. I know. I just told Cora the other day. I was like, hey, if anything ever happens to me, please organize all my stuff and write a book for me. <laughs> Because, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get organized. I'm just going to keep just keep working. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff on here that is of value. Yeah. No, I have folders for the folders. Like, everything's got a folder. Yeah. See, I get carried away with that sometimes. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, there's nothing in it. I never put anything in that folder. <laughs> Crap. So I end up deleting a bunch of empty folders. Yeah. But, not, I mean, that's um, my email's the same way, man. It's a wreck. Well, 
I for me, like I wanted to be digitally organized from day one because I remembered when you had to defrag everything and you had to like, and so you was. Are you a Mac or PC guy? I'm a Mac. I mean, I'm a PC guy. Sorry. Okay. Um, I don't like that. There's more only one button on the mouse with the Mac. You know, and it's like it is kind of weird. I need that right click. You know, so to drop down the menu and tell me where to go. Um, There's so like I use. uh, We have two Macs. Mm They're going to get a third one um, here pretty soon because this one is so old. Dude. Yeah. Um, but I use PC at work, mm-hmm. and it's – I go between them fine now. Right. I don't even really notice Yeah, some people have no problem going back and forth. I, now, because I'm, I'm definitely like Apple with my – phones and my you know everything and else. i it's weird i mean run into people that were are like t- mad talking smack on iphones and i'm like oh. how could you <laughs> yeah guys my wife will not allow another person in a group message that does not have an iphone it's like you're the wrong color <laughs> sorry and and so if you ever like all the features if you want to like something right. or if you want to do like the you can't mute the notifications if it is if that if that one person has a non iPhone, wow, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, well, dude, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Um, so as you kind of wrap wrap it up with this, like, what do you, what uh, what are your thoughts on like our current status quo of the community being this this place with that has these. The, which, like, you know, the neo-Nazi thing, like, we didn't really hit on that. And I don't really, honestly, like, we don't have to. I was going to turn it over to you in a second. But, like, we have that. We have this casino issue. We have the dispensary issue. We have these Airbnb issues. Not allowed to have those. Yeah. Like, we have all of these weird issues surrounding our town. And it's, like, it's causing a lot of anxiety in the community. Like, I was talking to somebody this morning that's on that sort of side of things. And they were, like... I don't know. They just assumed I wasn't pro casino, and I was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm pro casino, <laughs> dude. Oh man, that's great. Like you just totally yeah. acted like yeah. I was anti casino, but uh, it gave me your whole like how it showed me how you don't like the well, people that are. And yeah, like, Wait, you find out I am. Yeah, and it was just like it happens to me all the time as a Christian and Democrat, in, in because I go to church, and then people are like. You know, are you still Church of Christ, by the way? No, no, and not not because I have any hate towards Church of Christ or anything like that. Yeah. It's just uh, I like the band music. I like the instrumental music. I like singing on stage and you know leading yeah. people to worship. Like I, I enjoy that. Yeah, I saw a video yeah. of you singing the Thanks. other day. Thanks, actually, man. Dude. It was it was nice. Like I was, I was into it. And then you did a Star Spangled Banner recently. Oh yeah, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, I, I am a Democrat and I can be patriotic. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but like, man, just like, and I don't think you, I got just based off our limited interactions, just like viewing you yeah. as a person in the community. Like, I don't feel like, like I said, I don't feel like you have an agenda. No. And, no, or, or it, it's like the agenda is like, art's in the right place. We need more people yeah. like this. So for me, my agenda is if there is government, it should be uh, working for the most amount of people, the best options for the most amount of people. Like, Government exists to provide the best situation for the most amount of people. Um, and I believe that. Like, I want it to be that. And so, like, in our current situation, and I feel this across the board in pretty much any issue, that it is generational. I don't think it's left or right. It's a I lot think, of that. I think if you look at the dispensary, uh, if you ask a person over 70 and a person under 50, you're going to get the exact opposite answer. 
Uh, and it's the people in the middle that you might like. So the people over 50 or over 40, like, and it's not an ageism type thing. It's more like these people grew up under a certain standard and these people didn't, yeah. you know? And to me, I, I don't care if you smoke weed, but like, I know a lot of people who drink alcohol and I've known a lot of people that smoked weed and the comparison is no I've always the been same. more worried. Like yeah. somebody gave me that metaphor one time. Like, would you rather your kid drive past somebody that's drunk or been smoking? And I was like, definitely don't want them around a drunk driver. No, no. Alcohol is weird. I'm like, I come down in a weird spot on that because I'm like, because I think that way. I don't yeah. really drink a whole lot. Yeah. I will occasionally, but it's. Oh, man, I've seen alcohol make people do some stupid stuff right. that I would like to think they would never do if Without they weren't drinking. Alcohol. I I, yeah. do, I think they should yeah. be able, still be able to drink. We have these wet counties and weird yeah. interests going on around that, but <laughs> not getting you know, all that. But it's like that's way more of an issue. And that's an issue in our community too. Yeah. But well, so just for instance, like right now there are transitional time frames like in our business like my dad is getting older he's considering talking about retiring you know sometime within the next 10 years or 15 like he doesn't we haven't really made the complete decision he hasn't but that's his decision like because it's his business and when that happens there will be a transition you know and our whole country our whole you know state our whole city is going through a very similar transition you've got people who are moving out of and people who are moving into leadership and we're taking it a lot slower here i think in our community i would really like to see some 30 to 50 year old people run for office and just because when you're 70 years old you the when you raised kids the world was a completely different place i know I have it, it, I could see like I know one of the council people's like mid middle seventies yes. if I'm not mistaken, but mm-hmm. it's like maybe they have family and they're able to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and and I, I would like to assume that instead of just automatically thinking like this seventy five year old. Yeah, it's not gonna know. But at the yeah. same time, it's like how old's Bernie? You know, right. and like and yeah, look at the narrative. Deal. Look at the narrative he is capable of yeah. producing. Yeah. So I don't want to stereotype like that, no. but at the same time, it, I do think it's hard for a 70-something. I think you need a, a spread. Yeah. It's hard for a 76-year-old person or however old they yeah. are to get in touch with that 18-year-old voter, yeah. that 24-year-old yeah. constituent. I know 75-year-olds that I would be more than happy to put in charge of tons of things. Likewise. Yeah, and so, and even older. Like So to me, it's not so much about age as it is the mindset within that age. You typically find that particular mindset in older people. But there are also older people that have very open-minded viewpoints and and are welcoming change. The problem is change. If you are afraid of it, then that's when the stifling happens. Obviously, with the casino, with the dispensary, with the, you know, zoning issues, with the, uh, what was the other one that I wanted to, Airbnb. Yeah, but that's, a Airbnb. Zon- that's really a zoning so, issue, I guess. But Airbnb, right? it's all about change, too. Like, it's about a different way of doing things. We don't want their kind of Yeah, anymore. and so if we're doing this thing a different way, then all the people who are doing the things the one way are missing out, you know? So that's a hotel issue. That's not a, you know, that's not a concern about the community yeah. as much as it is is the hotels are doing this thing the one way. And if we don't make the Airbnbs do it the same way, 
then the hotels are going to get frustrated. And rightly so. Like, maybe we need to talk about that. Maybe we need to talk about the fact that this tax is voluntary, but we force the hotels yeah, to pay for I, yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, like, why are we doing it that way? Um, anyway, like, I, those are my thoughts behind it. Like, we need to have more people who are monitoring Airbnbs, you know? Or we need to not make the hotels pay the tax. So, it's just like, we need to work that out. Instead of just being like, well, this is too hard to discuss and figure out, you know, which is what they we've done a Previous lot. Previous administration, you know, in the last twenty five years, because the things have changed so quickly, and like I can't imagine being in leadership twenty years ago and then like looking around and being like, they can do this now, like why, when could they do this or like the bird scooters, like. Those were awesome. What what happened to them? Well, people destroyed them. Like that. I mean, that's just like that's the is like that company didn't think about the fact that people would hate on their stuff and yeah. and tear it up. So that's why, you know. Then then they were like, oh god, we spent millions of dollars on this equipment and we're losing yeah. half of it. You know. Yeah. 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 Which is an interesting time to be alive. Yes, I mean, <laughs> very much so. It yeah. has been virtually the entire time I've yeah. been alive. But uh, it's, I, I think that you were bringing up some great points the other day, just about like, look, we're in the digital age. Yeah. And we can't do, like, until the apocalypse happens. Yeah. Um, or we, you know, the rise of the machines, we're, yeah. we're, we're creating, <laughs> we've been sent to create yeah, the, the AI destroys the, us. Oh, man. Yeah. Joe Rogan was riffing on some crazy stuff the other day. He's like, what if we were sent here? And like, he's like, the bee builds the hive the same every time. Like, it's the same. It doesn't change. Like, oh, look, at, look at Roman architecture and what we got going. It's, it's different. And like, and like, we're doing this. And what if we're, we're preparing? We've been sent here to prepare. We're building the framework with this technology. And it's all again. And he was yeah. like, "This." I was just like, "Dude, You've you're blowing my mind." Way too much Terminator, man. Oh, <laughs> I know. Like he was, he was basically going that way with it. Uh-huh. But he's like, um, "It is, it is weird how we are enabling the machines, yeah. you know, uh, on crazy levels." You ever watch Black Mirror or anything like that? I've seen it a few yeah. times, but I've never got into it. Yeah, and, and it was some of it's kind of, kind of trying, yeah. but it's, uh, it's interesting to see where they play on a lot of things. It's like, hey. In case you didn't think about this VR implant yeah. going this direction, yeah, this is the check way out this go. episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they do they play on VR AI, yeah. and um, it's fascinating to see the potential because man, you, how many things have we seen in our lifetime that were like, oh, like I like I never thought like an autopilot car, yeah, or you know some of the things that we're seeing have seen drones. Drones. Did you see somebody shooting fireworks at this party with a drone? Uh-uh. Like there's this big street party and somebody like flew a drone over and was like shooting and fire, dropping <laughs> like bottle rockets <laughs> into wow. like Roman candles, oh, like yeah. all sorts of totally stuff, dude. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hope nobody got Did hurt. Did you used to have bottle rocket wars with your friends? <laughs> I shared something on the fourth. <laughs> I was like, if you never, I was like, if you don't know what this picture is about, yeah, like yeah. a bottle rocket war, like you, like whatever it was, like it was one of those. My friend memes, and like, I took PVC pipe. And plexiglass and built bottle rocket launchers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, me and my cousin Michael, we handles were handles and everything. And you just like, you had lighting systems and you could just stuff them in and just like aim, like 
We would throw M80s at each other too. Oh, that yeah. was a little, that was a little more eccentric. Running into a group of people and throw some black cats down. Yeah. Oh man, I loved doing that. <laughs> I was, I, family fireworks. I would always light some fireworks. No, I wouldn't let my daughter within a mile of, of black cats today. Oh, like I don't man. even want her to have the little poppers. You know. Like, yeah. Do you remember the snakes? The little yeah. black thing. Her favorite is the pooping dog. And oh yeah. I'm okay with that. Like fair she enough. She can have that. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, dude. Well, uh, I'm sure you got some stuff to go do. I don't have to teach until boxing in a couple hours. Cool. But um, anyway, man, I appreciate you yeah, coming on the I podcast. Would, uh, love to come back. And yeah, I would. I would to say, you know, I'd love to have you back <laughs> on. Um, I've got. I've kind of get back in my groove. I'm like, I've changed the studio up so much. Mm-hmm. Like trying to figure out, and then like have had to become an amateur sort of audio right. engineer, and mm-hmm. I'm. Do this this sort of similar thing with the business too. So I've been uploading a lot of videos in the last about eighteen months. We've like four hundred fifty. Awesome. So been trying to perfect, you know, get the podcast up and going. I have a studio set up in my office at the university too, do a little lecturing and stuff with that. But hopefully, if this new location, like well, that's a potential other part is to like be able to do this anywhere I'm at. Yeah. Like like hey Nathan, come over to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sweet the studio here. Hey, my wife is actually taking one of your classes. Today. Oh, really? The kickboxing, fitness, kickboxing. Yeah, fitness. Yeah, yeah. With Cora, Tonight, Cora, with Cora. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cora's from, yeah. yeah. Wow. Her and one of her friends are doing it. They're gonna good. Man, do it every I'm week. glad. I'm glad it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, man, that is such a pop. I think I was telling you, but that's such a popular class because man, the group fitness market is huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And because like a whole lot of people, they don't want to work out with a partner. They don't want to work out by themselves, by themselves yeah. and they want somebody to lead it, yeah. but they don't want to do personal training. No. So it's like a weird, yeah. like in the Cody bike was like, dude, group fitness classes are hot right yeah. now. And I was like, they really are. That's why we have, like, if you don't want to partner up, you don't want to do jujitsu and choke people and just punch somebody in the <laughs> face, like go hit the shit out of hit that this bag. bag. Yeah. And then let's do some burpees too. You know, like people, the people love to hate burpees, you yeah. know, yeah. so. And what is it? Stair climbs. And, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. We but it's it's a good mix. And uh, like I remember, I taught one of course classes uh, last week, and like I saw a lot of the people that were there, and they're like, "I was so sore." And it's like, and here you are back again. <laughs> you know, it must have worked. Yeah, it's like the people they they it, it, when you get out of bed the next morning, it is kind of like, why'd I do that? But yeah. man, like when I see people when they leave. Like they're like like they're glowing. Yeah. Like, all right, did you see what yeah. I just accomplished? Yeah. And man, that that is it. Like, I get goosebumps thinking about it because mm-hmm. it's done that for me too. And yeah. I like that's like when I think when people is like see like maybe some some people even in the city is like a martial arts gym. Yeah. <sighs> and it's like, <laughs> dude, we're providing something over here for sure. And, and and it's and we have like the non stereotype like we have the fitness market. We'll be. We have yoga. Mm-hmm. We're going to be expanding that big time. Adding Zumba. My best friend's sister's a rock star Zumba mm-hmm. instructor. So, um, but man, martial arts can be like like I want it to be for adults too. Like yeah. like what you're saying when you're 12, dude. Yeah. I still feel the yeah. same way. I yeah. mean, and you know what? A lot of people like you do too. Yeah. It, but it's just like most adult martial arts gyms are kind of weird yeah they're just they're basically stereotypically kids and full of like or they just have kids or yeah fighting yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like mm-hmm. we've like you said that's about 10 percent of what we do if that mm-hmm. maybe more like five yeah. and so it's like i cater to that about five percent yeah you know what i'm saying it's like like that's the easy part of what you do because you know you have 
Like yeah. that's what everybody does. Yeah, but, but the fitness kickboxing man, I'm like that's the people love that the most. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're gonna put a lot of. Yeah. When you need more bags, you guys want. Yeah. What do you want? Which will do more of that? Yeah. So hopefully she likes it. She will. She hasn't done it I yet. Think she will. This is her no, first be one. Her first time. Good. Yeah, because she's not aggressive at all. Like non-aggressive she, at all. It'll, it'll but be good. I can imagine that like she's gonna enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, um, I will. Uh, I'll keep you posted on our dealing. Yes. So um, by I think next Thursday we're supposed to know this, that, and the other about what we got going on. So. Sweet. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no uh, we'll have to carry this on another time. So Thank you. Signing off. All right.